my arms aren't as big as Patrick Carr's, so I must be failing at life. No one's arms are as big as Patrick Carr's other than Tim Tebow. That dude's fucking yoked. Yeah, he is. Man. He was yoked. Like I struggle with women in the DMs. I struggle feeling, feeling appreciated, seen, sexy, wanted, needed. I'm sure you get DMs from women all the time. Every now and then. And so I like to, I used to entertain those. Um, it's a tough addiction, man. It hurts marriages, yep. kills companies, yep. kills relationships. But no one seems to want to talk about it. It's like, oh, you're talking about. Um, but it's real, in my opinion. Yep. And it's a real addiction that men are struggling with. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Patrick Carr Show, a very, very special episode. Someone I have an immense amount of respect for. I'm going to give you a little, little backstory on this one before <laughs> I introduce this guy. I had the opportunity in Minneapolis to get blown away by listening to this guy speak. Immediately following it, I had the chance to be on his podcast, and I had to have this guy here so you could be blown away by what this guy brings to the table. I'm talking about this guy as a motivator. This guy is a coach. He will take your business to a whole other level, not just with himself, but with his team. The champion of roofers over here. I'm telling you what, I got Mike Claudio in the house. Stick around for this one, everybody. All right, now before we get started with this very intense podcast with me and Mike Claudio, I wanna take a moment and thank the people that make this entire show possible. I'm talking about one of our partners, Ethan Babb. He's handling first party claims, which means if you're a homeowner, you're a contractor, this is a guy you're gonna to wanna to talk to after a storm or if you're dealing with people that have storm damage. Don't take my word for it though. Let's listen to Ethan Babb himself. And then, like I said, we'll be right back into this podcast where I'm telling you, you're gonna be blown away by what me and Mike Claudio gotta talk about. I'm attorney Ethan Babb. I help homeowners throughout the state of Florida with their insurance claims and disputes. If you're a homeowner whose insurance claim has been denied or your insurance company has given you an underpayment where you have not received enough money to bring your home back to the pre-loss condition, I'm here to help. A lot of times homeowners do not recognize that they can hire an attorney without having to pay any fees upfront to help them with their dispute. Reach out to us, let us assess your claim and let you know what, you, what can be done to fight back. Appreciate it, man. No, that was a fun event. That was hey, cool to, actually I did a similar talk this morning in a breakout to that one. Um, more, a little more structured, obviously I had a little more time today, but yeah, that was a good talk. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. It is good. Yeah. But you're, okay. So we, we talk, we, I got it. I got it. I told you before I got a list of questions, so let's go. I've been but working on this. When you're being interviewed, you can tell when somebody, I like, like right. I have a hundred directions I want to take this in, and I don't I'm even know what direction I'm not going to get everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little giddy on this one, everybody. No, let's go. Let's go. So, because one of the things that stood out to me, and I've told you this before, you're, you have such a dynamic personality on stage, it captures people. Yeah. And a lot of the people on our, this show, we look to it for content and for contracting, okay? Yep. How can somebody immediately make a change to make them more engaging on, let's say, camera or in front of a group? How can they immediately immediate change their mic? I think, so, the short answer is adjust your tone, your cadence, your volume, right? Because it, it elicits emotion. It's a conversation you and I had, right? You can elicit more, um, more engagement and more attention by being 
entertaining. Well, that's why be entertaining is to, to create flow, create cadence, create volume changes, create emotion with even slowing down right now and yeah. creating pauses. But like, how do you do that if you've never done it before? So for people who are trying to become more engaging, I suggest go study a speaker that you enjoy listening to. Listen to their podcast, watch them on YouTube. Like I've watched like Ed Milet a bunch, Andy Frazella. Some of those are the two I've probably spent the most time with. But then even like studying myself a little bit, like I generally don't watch a lot of my content. What I do is I watch the reaction from the audience. Did that delivery work? Did that land? Did that pause or you can t can you tell people were confused? Were they writing something down? Were they making eye contact? And so part of for me is implement, analyze, adjust. Try something, do it, see the results, adjust. I think people put a lot of emphasis on a single transaction, a single delivery, like, oh, I bombed that. No, you did. You got one more practice. Like, you're, you're going to be talking in front of cameras for the rest of your fucking life. Let's not worry about this one. Let's, yeah. let's just learn from it. Whether you like it or not. You've been in front of the camera. I'm gonna. It's just I'm gonna be working forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, like this. He's been my camera guy for three and a half years. He's and like I'm, I'm. I just fired his ass because he won't. He won't be at my house every day because he's just busy being a business owner. <laughs> but but ultimately, like I'm in front of a camera forever. Well, I mean, I'm in front of audiences. But I think people also devalue the most important audiences in their life. How do you engage with your children? How do you engage with your spouse? If you can't even keep the attention of them because you're bland or, or not paying attention or disengaged, you're not going to be able to start with an audience or a team. Like If you can't even get the people who love you to listen to you because you're just not engaging, you're not vocalizing things appropriately, you're not putting time, effort, and energy into preparing a message so it lands. You've been talking about developing a message that matters for a long time. And creating a message that matters is having empathy for the audience. What do they want to hear? How do they want to hear it? What, what is important to them? Because people develop offers or solutions or products. There's a bunch here. I mean this respectfully, and someone's going to hear this and be pissed off. There's a whole bunch of solutions in this building right now that did not clearly identify the problem it's trying to solve. 100%. I agree with that. And they're like, oh, this is going to be great. And then, like, no one needs it. Mm. And they're, they're like, blaming the, the marketplace because no one wants to spend money right now. Yeah. Fuck you. Your, your delivery wasn't valuable because you didn't develop something that matters to that audience. And an audience of one is just as important as an audience of a thousand. Well, we got an audience watching right here with some cameras. I got a, I got a question for you, for these guys. Okay. What's it like working for Mike Claudio? <laughs> I, I mean, mean I think he could I, probably answer that the I wanna, best. I want to peel it back <laughs> here a little bit because, man, I mean, you've got a personality that can go for days. Yeah. And people, I see when people walk up to you, they love talking to you. Cliff is so, laughing. Cliff, what is it like working for you? Sure. I wish I could just separate you guys and get a separate answer that I could read the yeah. cards, like one of those Mary yeah. things or whatever. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll speak on Clifton's behalf because <laughs> Ryan's known me for years, but more in a contractor support role. Okay. Clifton's like one of the key leaders on my team I talk to pretty regularly. Yeah. I'd say it's a very high standard environment with zero room for failure. And failure is like any level of not living up to the standard. Um, but it's also very clear and it's very fair and it's consistent. So what, what I would say working for me is it's a high-stress environment because people internalize the fear of not living up to the standard. I don't yell at people. I don't, like, cuss Clifton out when things – I'm just like, hey, I'm going to make you aware. I create clarity. I deliver information so that you can learn from what you just did so we can get better next time. Because you know, I actually just talked about this in the breakout session. Clifton is very detail-oriented. 
He's going to ask a lot of questions to make sure he properly understands the expectations of an initiative. Most times, like Clifton, just go take action, and then we'll analyze and adjust. I don't know all the answers. And so sometimes I can hold a high standard, but also not have certainty or not have clarity in what we're doing. Like, because I just don't know how I'm doing things I've never done before. You're building things you've never done before. Sure. My employees know that. If I come in and say, hey, this is exactly how this is going to go, they know it full of shit. They know I've never done this before. So, like, what right. we're doing right now is something I've never done before. So I'm okay saying, hey, I don't know how this is going to go. Here's why we're doing this thing. Here's when we're going to analyze it. Here's how we're going to adjust to base, based on the results of that. But we got to take action so we can analyze and adjust. Tell me this, then. You step into a lot of companies with win rate. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Yeah. It's not win across this hat for no reason, everybody. Yeah. But why would, I want to get into that. But tell me a standard that you feel when you step into a company right now that needs to be a part of more companies that is not. Where Where is a standard when you step in? You're like, why doesn't every company have this standard right here and, and get it down? All right. So I'm going to say big picture. Yeah. Most companies have standards that they don't uphold consistently across the board. That's the number one issue. It's not that they don't have standards. It's that they don't hold people accountable to it across the board consistently. So I'm gonna, I think that's the biggest issue. Yeah, we got core values, but your top producer gets away with shit your bottom producer doesn't. That's unacceptable. But if I had to have a more granular tactical, I, I don't think enough organizations communicate proactively enough. Like our number one core values communicate proactively. They don't have meetings. They don't discuss initiatives. They don't discuss outcomes. They don't discuss anything. And like they don't even have team meetings. I'm huge, huge on a consistent meeting cadence, whether that's one-on-ones with my sales guys, operations meeting, full team meetings, Monday morning meetings, Friday meetings, like right now, my entire team are CEOs, and I have five to six hours of meetings a week across my organization. In person or in Zoom? What do you? What do you? Uh, what we're, you we're, okay spread, we're spread out. You're you spread know, out. So, so we, Zoom's we are, okay in your I, opinion? I have to. Okay. Right. I prefer in person, which is why, like, when we come to events, we make it a big deal to get everybody together. Yeah. Right. And so, I want them to. But like, we have like we also allow people on the virtual Zoom calls to participate. So it's not, you're not just an audience member on these calls. You're expected to bring value. You're expected to have an opinion. When I ask for something, don't just sit there like a fucking idiot. Like, answer the question. Have, like, be paying attention enough in the meeting. So when I say, hey, what do you guys think about that? You're not like, hey, can you repeat the question? Like, that's not, that's not the goal, right? Like, you're, you're an active member of the team. I want to ask you a granular question on this, okay? You okay. talk about empowering your employees. Yep. Muck and foos, right? <laughs> yep, yep. Got it right. Yeah. <laughs> Troll. Damn, I killed it. <laughs> killed it on this one. Me and Clifton meet at a conference down here in Orlando, okay? Yep. Clifton is speaking on behalf of WinRate. Yep. All right? You've empowered him, obviously. You guys are empowered together. But when you are when you have an owner of a contracting company with 20 employees, how does he empower employees underneath him to make a bigger impact on the audience? And is that is that important that he makes a bigger impact? Or does he have to stay in their lane? How do you empower people Good. I don't think granular. I don't think those are separate. So I okay. think you can empower people in their lane, oh. right? So I think I think like Clifton knows his role, and he's allowed to be as multiplied the value and impact as possible in his lane. So I think it's difficult when you don't have clear roles and responsibilities and expectations that people start to cross lanes. Well, you're not built to do my job, and I'm not built to do your job. So you're gonna come in with 20 people, the fucking operations managers talking, to, trying to do production shit, the production guys trying to talk about marketing. No, stay in your lane. Create the guide, like the the guardrails for the lane. These are the standards. This is our mission statement. This is the vision where we're going. 
here's our core values, be ethical and legal, go do the best you can be to create the biggest impact possible with those guidelines. And then you allow them to like do things you would have never imagined because you're, you want them to be better than you. I, like Clifton has been touted as the best win rate coach. The dude almost got dropped in the moment, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like he's because he's incredibly, incredibly good at staying positive and being proactive and being supportive, and so even in his content, he's really good at that. He's really good at those things. I want him to be better than he's ever been because I give him a, a guideline and, a, and guardrails so he can move as fast as possible. Right? Let's use bowling as an example. Tell me, you're new to bowling. Sure. You don't really know the rules. You've never done it before. You throw the ball down, it ends up in the gutter. You put the guardrails up. How much harder are you going to throw that bowling ball? Hell as lot. hard as you fucking can, right? So I give him guidance. I give him the lane. I say, go after it. Don't, like, part of our part of our core values is continually evolve. Part of the bullet points for that is fail forward. I expect my team to fail. I expect them to fall on their face. Because if we're not failing and we're not falling forward, we're not making progress. We're staying safe. But in fairness, I mean, you said earlier you have the high standards and you don't live up to it. That is a failure, right? Yeah, but failing is part of the standard. So failing forward, so trying new things. Is, if I, if Clifton came and said, hey, man, I'm kind of afraid to try this new thing, that's not living up to the standard. Standard does not mean winning, okay? It's not like, oh, my God, I hit 100% of my quota. It's are we – here's my five core values. Communicate proactively, operate the health first mentality, appreciate everybody's time, continue to evolve, and have a championship mindset. Yes. Nothing in there is about perfection. Part of uh, part of continuing to evolve is try new things, be willing to fail forward. So, like, this event, I could say we failed this event. We haven't signed a single client. That wasn't the expectation. I set the guidelines. I set the rules. I set the expectations in a way that allows my team to safely execute as fast as possible with as little risk as possible. Yes. The goal of this event was to make an impact. The goal of this event was for Mike Claudio to get on stage, differentiate himself. The goal of this event was to do live podcasts. The goal of this event is to learn what will we do differently next year. What will you do differently next year? We'll do more live like you're doing. We'll yeah. do more like in-booth content creation because every time the camera turned on, people flooded to the booth. Yeah. Outside of that, probably nothing. Yeah. We executed incredibly well. The booth looked good. The banner looked good. We represented well. We stand tall. Like we just we we are who we are online, and I think even being here, like you can see it, you can feel it when you're around us. We we raise the expectations of the people around us, and we give them permission to want more. Damn right you do. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna ask you a question that I want to ask for myself, but also for my audience. Okay, one of your core values is a championship mindset. Yep. Um, I consider that doing the things you don't want to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, how how Mike. What is it? What is a championship mindset? I'm asking this selfishly because I'm, I'm looking for some guidance here in some way, maybe. Um, how do you have this championship mindset day? Is that what it is day in, day out? How do you achieve it on a consistent basis? So I think you define what it means to you. All right. So I, I think people try so hard to define what winning looks like based on other people's perspective. If I said, hey, man, bud. What does having a championship mindset mean to you? Write it down. You just defined your own standard. You don't have to live up to my standard of what having a championship mindset is. Can I tell you what it is for me? Sure. It's not giving up. Okay. You know, for me, I think that 
you just got to keep on going sometimes. And sometimes so that's, that's enough. But that's the comparative analysis. When you have the fork in the road, am I going left or right? Am I making another call or not? Am I showing up to the gym or not? Am I loving my wife or not? Am I showing up to the gym? That's it. I'm just not going to give up. There's nothing about that that's related to winning or perfect or other people's opinion. I'm just not going to give up. And But here's the other side of that. You could give up, and everybody else thinks you didn't. You still know. And when you lay your head down at night, you're stuck with the fact that you gave up on something, even though you were miles ahead of everybody else. You were miles ahead of what anybody else thought you had to do, but you know you had one more rep and you didn't do it. See, I look at it that, you know, at the end of the day, I, I came home with a C in middle school. I was an A student. I was a nerd in middle school and high school. Valedictorian thing. I show a salutatorian, whatever. <laughs> That's not, I mean, probably Details. Somebody, somebody in high school is going to be watching. Yeah, they comment. Yeah, and go back to your mom's fucking Yeah, couch. come on now. <laughs> but I remember I came home with a C, Mike, and my dad looked at me and he was like, did you give it 100% with that, with that grade? And he's like, he's like, I don't need to know anything else. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and figure yep. out, did you truly, or were you at the high school, were you at the game, were you out with some girl, you go to the movies, did you truly give it 100%? Because I'm not going to say anything to you. You go figure that out yep. for you. Um, and so for me, it's part, of the, it's part of that, but it's defining that for us. So for me, it's doing work, the work others won't. Oh, okay, so that's yours. That's, that's the mindset. That's, it's doing work others won't, and it's, it's first, first to show up, last to leave. That's, what, that's how we operate. And so we will, we will outlast you. Yes. We will outlast you. I yeah. will do more in the same amount of time. I'll be there first. I'll be there last. You know, like, let's, let's just event. I was here at 8 o'clock this morning doing a podcast recording with somebody, yep. right? Half this fucking group was still drunk. What's the difference? I got 1% further today. Yes. I created a little bit more separation today. I also created trust in myself that I will do what I say I'm going to do. Uh-huh. I will be in bed on time last night. I will get up this morning and work out. I will drink my water. I will eat healthy so I can be ready for that podcast at 8 o'clock so I can deliver the best possible outcome. So I know I delivered. I know I, and if the podcast sucked, I don't care. I did the best. I showed up as best as I could today, which is why the podcast never sucks. Promises that you make to yourself. Huge. How important are they to keep? Only. It's the only option. There's no, there's no inch. There's no minimization. There's no alternative to your life if you can't trust the decisions you make for yourself. Nothing else is worth it. Nothing else will be good enough. You'll never be satisfied. You'll never be happy. You'll never feel fulfilled. You'll never have relationships you want. You'll never have the money you want. You won't have anything you want in life if you can't uphold the promises you make to yourself. And when you're not making promises to yourself, Mike, let's just take you out of it. Who are you making promises to in your life? Is it the family? Who, who do you, when you wake up, you're like, this is, okay, I got me. But who else do you answer to? Honestly, the only comparison I have is to next year's version of me. It's the only comparison I utilize. Because if I'm not living up to who I want to be next year, I'm letting everybody else down already anyway. Because I'm not the best version of me. So if I'm not evolving based on I'm not better than yesterday, today I'm as good as I can be, tomorrow I'll be better. If I'm not doing that, everybody else's expectations are minimizing my potential. Because no one knows what I'm capable of more than I do. And when I'm fully bought into me, I'm fully focused on me, I'm fully committed to who I know I need to be. So there's two questions I help people answer. Who do you want to be and what do you want to be known for? If you can answer in detail, who do you want to be when you see yourself in the mirror and what do you want to be known for? And every decision you make in life corresponds to that image of you, you'll blow your wife away. 
you'll be the best fucking dad in the world. You'll be the best leader that's ever been because the best version of you is the best version of you in all aspects of life. Okay. Let's say the average person out there watching this says, I want to be good. I want to be great. Do they? I mean, I'm serious. Do they really, Mike? So I'm going to say yes. They want the outcome, but most of them are not prepared to do the work to get there because it's hard. I fucking don't want to show up every day the way I do. I don't want to get on podcasts three times a week. I don't want to do four YouTube videos a week, but I show up and I do it regardless of how I feel. Most people let themselves down so much, they know committing to big outcomes, they're not going to be able to follow through because they never do. So they won't set the big target. They won't dream bigger because they know they can't be trusted to do what's necessary to get there. I would also add that I believe they're not specific in the goal, so that it gives them permission to fail. All right, so I'm going to go even deeper on that. Okay. Uh, a lot of people say, well, Mike, I don't know how to dream bigger, or I don't even know how to start with what I want. I'm just lost. I 100% of the time say write down everything you don't like about yourself and then take action away from that thing. Let's say you do drugs, you drink too much, you yell at your wife, you watch porn all the time, you are not a great leader, you hide from conflict, you don't know how to organize your time, you're terrible at time management. So let's say you get to the fork in the road. If you don't know which direction is right, you can definitely tell me what direction is wrong. You can tell me, hey, is having that drink right or wrong? That's wrong. Okay, go the other way. You may not know that it's right yet, and you may not know where you're going long-term yet, but when you're in the darkness and you hate yourself and you're anxious and you're depressed and you've been letting yourself down and you know you haven't been doing the work and you're not living up to this, like you physically can't tell me what you want because you hate everything about who you are. So I can say, okay, let's not move towards something Let's move away from something to get you out of that hole. Let's get you into the light where you are starting to be proud of some of the decisions you make. You do say no to that party. You say, hey, guys, I'm not drinking tonight, and you're totally okay with that. You're not suffering. You're like, oh, I guess I'm not drinking tonight. Fuck, this sucks. No, you're like, no, I'm not drinking tonight because I just don't want to. When I say I'm not drinking, oh, you want 75 heart? No, I'm just not interested in drinking tonight. I don't need to be on a fucking program to not drink tonight. And being totally okay with that totally okay with that because you took one decision you said i could drink i'm not going to here's another one i say this and the first time i said this like the hair on the back i just did it again the hair on the back of my next to i said you don't have to finish bad decisions that's where you start you open the beer you go to Pornhub, you buy the pot you get the pizza and you're like i shouldn't be doing this you pour the beer out you go to a different website you turn, throw the pizza out. You don't have to finish it. That's where you start. You don't start being perfect. You start making mistakes, catching yourself making mistakes, and then pivoting immediately to prove to yourself that, ah, you know, I had a shitty breakfast. There goes the fucking day. I opened it. I guess I'll finish it. What are you, fucking three years old? You know you're not supposed to be drinking on a Tuesday night. But the guys, but the game. Who's Thirsty Thursday? I've literally stood up from a bar and said, guys, I don't really need to be. I'm going to go home. And walked out of the fucking bar. And, it, yeah, those people don't invite me around anymore. I used to go on a golf trip twice a year. 16 guys. It was, like, literally who could kill themselves the fastest. It was, like, drinking, drugs, golf, like, you know, 48 holes of golf in two days. And I was, like, there was one trip. I said, guys, I'm not drinking this trip. I was on 75 hard. I packed my food. So I could eat right, I didn't drink, I was just there. Guess what happened? I didn't get invited back. 
And you know what? I was totally okay with that. Because those are guys that are okay being married with kids and golfing every weekend, getting drunk every weekend, going on golf trips, and, like, literally, like, they're literally about to die. They're so unhealthy. Cool. If you're not – if I'm not welcome there, I'm not th- – that's not who I want to be, and that's not what I want to be known for. I'm okay not finishing a bad decision. You start there, you start catching yourself, and then it turns into, I put the beer in the cart. I don't need that. Put the beer back. Not, oh, it's in the cart. I guess I'll bring it home. Man, I wish my kids could eat healthier. Who the fuck brought it home to begin with? You can make a, you can change your decision on an instant because that's how life changes. So then one decision at a time. So then, okay, let's just say that's not, that's kind of something to blow somebody away. Okay, I know I can change my life one circumstance. So why don't people do it? Why do they finish the bad decision? What goes through their head? Because I mean, this is why I ask the question. As somebody can identify out there what's going through their head, then in my opinion, they have a better opportunity to make the better decision when the time comes. So that's probably like, if you can answer that question succinctly forever, like you'll make a lot of money because everybody's different to an extent. If I take all the people I've coached, the number one reason is fear and self-doubt. They're afraid of the outcome of that new decision because they've never done it before. They're, they're doubtful they can be consistent. So why start dieting if I know I'm not going to be consistent with it? Self-doubt. But ultimately, I think it comes down to people are just not intentional enough with owning their success. Like, we have an incredible amount of control over what we do, when we do, how we do. I don't think people realize how much control they have in life. I have to go to this job. No, you don't. I have to go to this party, you know. No, you don't. No, the wedding. No, you don't. No, you don't. You have full control. You can be 100% intentional with every decision you make if you decide that that's what you want. Because if you're not intentional, what you're doing is, is you're on a journey somebody else made for you who your parents wanted you to be, who your friends think you're supposed to be, who you, who like your, the whole comparative analysis, like my arms aren't as big as Patrick Carr's, so I must be failing at life. No one's arms are as big as Patrick Carr's other than Tim Tebow. That dude's fucking yoked. Yeah, he is, man. Oh, he was yoked last night. Kyle looks night. great, man. But like, Kyle looks great. But I, I compare to you. I compare to him. I compare to him. I compare to him online. Him online. I don't communicate as good as he does, so why am I going to start? Y'all want to see my first YouTube video from June 2018? It's dog shit. Yeah. I posted one of mine. It's, it's absolutely terrible. I want to talk about, you said, m- decisions. I talked on the show about decisions having momentum in life. Yeah. And, you know, not finishing a bad decision, in my opinion, leads positive to momentum, momentum. Positive yep. momentum, which, again, circles back around to making another positive decision. Yep. But here's one question I have for you. This is personal for me. One of the ones I had. <laughs> okay. You make the good decision. Yeah. And you get momentum. Yeah. And that filters in to a bad decision that you make. Okay. Like, you, in other words, you think it was going to go, and then you're like, God, I was good, I was good. So the, so was it the decision Fault. was bad or the outcome was bad? No. Like, I, I look at it this way. I'm like, okay. Give me an exact example. Sure. If this is you personally. Give me an exact example. You go and you say, listen, I'm going to put that drink down. Yep. Okay? Yep. And I, like on Saturday, you go, not going to drink, going to work. Yep. Drink goes down, and you're good. Yep. Sunday rolls around. You're like, okay, I've made my, I've, I've done good, I've done good. And you're like, then you fall short, and you drink on the Sunday. Yeah, 100%. So, in other words, what I'm saying is I made the good decision to have momentum. I, I thought no, I was I having you. momentum yep. in my life. And the, I, the reason I ask is not just for me, it's for me, but somebody else out there. Yep. They, 
I'm good, Mike. Mike, I'm doing good. I've made good decisions. But damn it, I fell off again, Mike. Yep. You're now, done. how do I how do I go from here back up to going up here? All right. So, ha, huh, this is great. Um, perfect question. The goal is not to go from zero to a hundred, failure to perfect. The goal is to raise your floor, how bad you're allowing yourself to get. An example, I drink seven days a week. I'm going to go to six days a week. And then maybe every third week I still drink seven days. But then the next six weeks, I go all six weeks, six days a week. I'm not perfect. I go from zero drink, 100% drinking to zero drink. I'm going to do six days a week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise my floor to like as bad as I'm allowing myself to get is six days a week. So when you make that good decision, you make another bad decision. Okay, next week, I'm going to go Saturday and Sunday. Maybe I drink Monday. Maybe I drink Tuesday. Maybe I drink Thursday. Maybe I drink Friday, but I'm not going to drink Saturday and Sunday. Fuck, I drank Sunday. Okay, how am I going to set myself up again differently next week? Because you're, an- you're implementing a new strategy. Then you have to analyze and adjust based on the outcome. So you're not going to be perfect. You have to raise how bad you're willing to get. I used to be 330 pounds. And then I was 315. And then I was 295. I got all the way down to 226. Right now I'm like 260 because I gained weight this year intentionally. But I'm never going to be 300 again. Right? So you raise how bad. You raise the floor. You minimize how deep into that hole you're allowing yourself to go. You're always going to have it. You are going to fail again, Patrick. It's catching it quicker. Right? It's, hey, I didn't drink Saturday. I drank Sunday. Okay, I fucked up Sunday. Monday's going to be better. Catching it in the moment. Right, because I used to have like, okay, I'm only going to drink on Saturdays. Turns into seven days a week for me pretty quickly. But then I catch it. The first time, it was months. I went, I'm only going to drink Saturdays, and I start drinking every day for three months. Trips and everything, and I just do it, right? It becomes part of the routine because we're habitual people, right? Okay, fuck, I caught it. Next time, when I fall off again, uh, it's only, I'm only like, I'm going like, to try to catch it quicker. It'll only be 45 days this time instead of 90. That's better. You're raising your floor. So, but, but then every it's progressionary over time. Yes, you failed. You didn't drink Saturday. You said you wouldn't. You drank Sunday. Okay, what led to what decision did I make or what decision did I fail that led to drinking on Sunday? What routine did I adjust differently? So for me, it's like I'm gonna get up at 4 a.m. every day, which means I can't drink the night before. I can't get up at 4 a.m. Fuck, I drank. I got up at 5:30. Fuck. All right. Um, what led to that? This is how I was with this person again, or I was at this place again, or you know, I just was weak, or I, you know, I was just, I just failed because I'm fucking tired. I'm fucking pissed off. I'm a dad, a husband, a business leader, a coach. I'm carrying a lot. I was just fucking done, and I, I did not. I was not upholding my standards. All right, I'm gonna do that different next time. Okay. Well, let me. So I'm gonna use me as the example here, folks. Okay. And I hope this resonates with some of you out there. What do you do, man, when you just get pissed off with yourself? How do you get out? You talked about not going in that hole, yep. raising the floor. Yep. But when I get to this place, Mike, when I'm here in this bad place here where I've made that mistake and it hasn't had momentum, I start to lower the floor for myself at that point. Yeah, I in suck. the moment. I don't I, deserve this. I, I'm, I'm lowering I'm, it, lowering yeah, it, and lowering I'm a fake. it, Mike. I'm, I'm, a, yep. I'm just lowering it. Yep. How, if I'm here, what, and I, I don't know if there is an easy, maybe there's not an easy fix, but how do I flip that into, okay, I'm, I'm a decent person. I'm a good, I deserve this because right. you're pushing yeah, it down, I man. Got you. All right, so huh, you allow yourself to sit in that for the rest of that day. And then you do your morning routine the following morning. And you, so I, I, I'm a part of my morning routine are my I am statements. And so every morning I remind myself who the fuck I am and what I'm trying to represent. 
I read my I am statements every single morning because there are days I wake up. Today's the day I get called a fake. Today's the day I can't help a client and they, they quit. Today's the day the piece of content sucks. Today's the day a, client, a, a, a coach quits. Every day I deal with that. But every morning I work my mind, body, and soul, and I remind myself who the fuck I am. And so I will allow myself, like, I'm a piece of shit, fuck this, I go to sleep tomorrow morning, I'm the same fucking person I was last week. I'm going to follow my morning routine, I'm going to read my I am statements, I'm going to do my mindset stuff, I'm going to do my meditation, I'm going to work out, I'm going to drink my, and today I'm going to own it. Today I'm going to win the decisions. Because you have to sit in it. Because you're, what you're saying is, I shouldn't feel this way. Fuck you, you're supposed to feel that way. That's the trigger to remind you to be different tomorrow. If you didn't have that moment, you just be you would be okay failing. No, you're a high performer. Failure is not okay. I don't allow other people. I don't allow myself to do it. I will allow. Dude, I fucked up. Yeah. That was a shitty thing for me to do. I fucking let people down. What am I gonna do about? It? I can't go back and redo it, but I can start tomorrow the way I know I'm supposed to. And I can remind myself again who the fuck I'm supposed to be. So maybe I used to fail every week. Now I fail every other week. Then I fail once a month. Then I fail once a quarter at that thing. Yes. You're supposed to feel that. And you're telling me that, okay, I'm failing once a quarter, but then I go back and I'm failing once a week. And then it happens, yourself. right? Yeah. You catch yourself and you're like, no, fuck that. All right, and what led to that? What am I doing? Oh, there's liquor in the house. Fuck, why did, who, who bought that? Fucking throwing it out. Yep. Right? If, if liquor is your thing, right? So, you know, I fucking, you know, bourbon's my thing. Uh, dude, I got to move it. It's like, what happened was I left it on the counter. So I saw it. When I saw it, I wanted it. So I adjusted the trigger. Okay, I put that in the cabinet. Fuck that. I'll pour a $100 bottle down the fucking drain if I'm not doing a good job holding myself accountable. Love it. I don't give a fuck. I want to ask you about something. Again, let's be real about this. Porn. Yep. Okay. I think this is the most underrated addiction out there right now. I think an undervalued addiction, however yeah, you want to put it. I don't think people quantify, quantify the impact. The yep. impact that it's having on men right now. Yep. Most of my audience is men, Mike. Yep. They are they're watching porn two to three times a day. I have fallen into this trap, and I've talked about it on this podcast before. Um, it's a tough addiction, man. It hurts marriages, yep. kills companies, yep. kills relationships. But no one seems to want to talk about it. It's like, oh, you're talking about porn. Um, but it's real, in my opinion. Yep. And it's a real addiction that men are struggling with. You talked a, bit, a minute ago about turning the, going to a different browser, doing that stuff. I'd like for you a minute to talk to my viewers about, hey, listen, this is a taboo subject. No one seems to want to talk about it. Yep. But so many men are struggling with this in their marriages and in their relationships, and they need to change it, man. And how do they get away from this addiction? I've had to deal with this one. I'm fortunate. I, it was a tough one to break. This was probably one of the tougher ones for me. This was a tough one. Yep. How, if someone is struggling with this, first, I give you permission to struggle with it, in my opinion. Yeah. What, accept what, the fact you're struggling with it. If you say, like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not struggling with it. No, accept the fact I'm struggling with this. Um, all right, so I went through it as well. You know, I think we all do at some point. You know, it, it's, you know, I'll tell you this. There's not a single time I watch porn and watch away feeling better about myself. God, ain't that the, ain't that <laughs> I mean, the minute I fucking finish, it's like, you piece of shit. Turn, well, like, you are fucking disgusting. Like, the I, minute you're done. What the I minute do you're done. I look, I, you'll close the browser. I'll look at the browser when I open it up an hour later, like, to look at my internet, and I'm like, oh, my God, you're, wa you're no, doing like, this? literally, it's like, you know, I nut, and then I'm like, I am not a good person. Like, what the <laughs> fuck just happened? Like, from one extreme to the other. I swear to God, my wife's standing here now. This is epic. <laughs> this question's perfect. But, 
she was a big trigger in it um, because she's against porn. So she went through her own situation. It's like, that's what we're talking about here. Welcome to the show, sweetheart. Welcome back. Um, A roofing expo here. Yeah. So so for me, it's the trigger. It's what led me to making that decision. I want to learn the trigger that caused me to want to go there. Because I'm huge on triggers and transitions, right? Sometimes it's like, I get in a bed, I turn porn on. I don't know why, I just do it. I used to smoke cigarettes. I could not start my truck without a fucking cigarette in my mouth. So I started putting lollipops in my mouth. So you have to, what is the trigger that your brain, because it's a synopsis, your brain is connecting this trigger to this outcome. When I do this, this happens, right? So if you, you got to catch the trigger, what's causing you to feel that way, learn it so you can acknowledge it. So for me, like I'll use another example. Like I used to work out in the evenings. There were nights I just didn't want to. The minute I would, I would try to give myself an excuse, that was a trigger to go to the gym. You know, I had a really hard, no, that's a fucking, that's, that's, I, that's a trigger, I got to go. So for maybe for you, like when you do something good, when you do something bad, when you're alone, um, when you're traveling, right? Traveling's a big one. Mm-hmm. What's the trigger that makes you want to do it? Learn the trigger and then retrain your brain to a different activity. I, I agree with this one because when I was struggling with the porn side, which I wanted to ask you about today, because I know it's a taboo subject, I'm I could talk, talk about. about it, yeah. I could talk about with you. Yeah. When I was when I was me, it was actually when I did something good as a reward system in my head. So I great. We closed a big deal today. Yeah. Boom. Yep. That's what I was going to do because it's not drugs. It's not drinking. So this is going to be my reward right yep. here, and I give myself permission, which in other words was a, a a momentum effect that it kept on going with. Yep. And so I think that guys out there, they're like, okay, I reward or I'm feeling down. This is my escape. Yeah, from reality. It's just like food. Like, I want to eat when I'm happy. I want to eat when I'm sad. I want to eat when I'm bored. Like, I just want to eat. Like, that's, Absolutely. That's why I was a fat kid. Right. Um, but I, but I with just... porn specifically, like, so one of the questions that I like to ask when I'm dealing with should I or shouldn't I make this change? Because sometimes it's like, this is like the one thing I do to get separation. I'm not saying porn should be that thing, but maybe it is for you. Maybe it's cigars. Maybe it's cigarettes. Maybe it's cigarettes. Maybe it's liquor. Maybe it's whatever. Maybe it's cheating on your wife. Maybe it's prostitutes. Maybe it's gambling. Whatever it is for you. Ask yourself, what would my life be like without this? And you have to be really objective here. Oh, I'd be miserable if I never nutted on porn again. Like, no. Like, you wouldn't be. You fucking wouldn't be. Like, if you were able to unemotionally... Answer the question, what would my life be like without this? And you can fall in love with that outcome. You'll do anything to get it. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking right now about how I looked at it when I was going through this addiction. And I, I think that the biggest thing for me with addiction, and we talked about it already here, it's okay to, to try to keep. Let me put it this way. I gave myself permission to go, you know what? I can look at porn doesn't mean I have to do it three times a day. But that's raising your floor, like I talked about earlier. Yeah, yes. Like, that's you're not going to go from, like, watching porn three times a day to not at all. And, like, that's an unfair expectation. We say, like, I need to be perfect today. No. You say, okay, I'm watching it three times a day. You know, I'm going to try to get, like, one or two days this week. I only watch it once. Yeah. And then, like, you inherently want to be better. Once you maintain that new status quo, that you raise your floor to a certain new level, you're like, okay, I got that far. Let me go a little bit further. And that works for success as much as failure. Right? Like, I want to get more sales. Okay, I'll do more activity. I want to stop cheating my wife, so I'm going to stop responding to DMs. I struggle with women in the DMs. I struggle feeling, feeling appreciated, seen, sexy, wanted, needed. I'm sure you get DMs from women all the time. Every now and then. And so I like to, I used to entertain those. 
just entertain. Hey, you entertain. You're but, but, I'm, but I'm bad. But I'm bad about like I'll take it to a point because I like making people laugh. I'm a really flirty person, and then like I forget that there's another person in the equation, and they don't take it the same way I am. They're not just being fun and flirty. They're falling in love with me. And so I'm like, I gotta stop doing that. I gotta stop doing that. And I fucked up a couple times. Like I've never physically cheated on my wife, but I've definitely said some shit to women I shouldn't have that she knows about. Do you know what I did? Hey, swear, I'm struggling getting through this. Porn addiction? Sweetheart, I'm struggling getting through this. How can we work together to solve this problem? That's what men are not, they're unwilling to ask for help. What is your wife's name? Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany, what is his love language? Is that is, is oh, the, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah I was words of affirmation up there um, not your thing that's number two number I think. two you think yeah. okay but so I said okay Tiff I'm struggling with this help me because she doesn't she wants me to like she wants to, like she loves me she wants me to overcome this I said how about this how about I give you access to my DMs huge huge Whoa. my wife has access to all my DMs now. Because you know what? If you know someone's going to see it, you're going to say some shit differently. If you knew every night your wife was going to check your browser history, you'd act different. So it's the accountability outside of yourself. Because you're not strong enough to solve it or you would have already. You need sometimes that external force to remind you why you're doing this. Or enough to embarrass you if you do it again. How important is Tiffany in your success? The She is the superpower behind my Claudio. She's everything. She is absolutely... No, behind every powerful man is a stronger woman. 1,000%. I have yet to see a wildly successful person that had it all, not just money, had it all that didn't have a powerful woman behind them. More powerful than you? She's way more powerful than I am because she controls me. <laughs> she owns me because I, because I want her to because I need that support. I need that reminder. I need that pick-me-up. I need that person to say, hey, what the fuck was that? What so, do you mean? So what do you, what this, do you, guy, this guy right here, would you be this person if it wasn't for this woman? Zero. Not even close. That's pretty cool, man. No, not, I mean, not even for a, not nothing. There'd be nothing about me that's who I am without her. Not a, not a single bit. Last night on stage, I'm in front of a couple thousand people. I spent 20 minutes trying to find her face in the crowd. Because the minute I did, I'm in my zone. I'm locked in. That's pretty cool, man. So... But, like, let's, if porn's the thing, we're talking about porn. If porn's the issue, maybe it's not your wife. Maybe it's a friend. I mean, AA is this. It's just you have accountability. That's all AA is for alcohol. Yep. What, porn's no different. Let somebody check your browser history every week. Let somebody, let somebody, hey, man, I'm really, I want to watch porn right now. I'm, I'm going to message you instead. That cha- Find the trigger. Change the activity. If every time you want to watch porn, you send a video to your wife that said, I love you, that's the activity you change to, or your mother. Send your mom and I love you video every time you want to watch porn. As the trigger, your mother would love you. She would love it. I'm not talking about you, anybody. Change the activity. When I feel this, I lead to this. Instead, now that I know the trigger, I'm changing the activity. So what I'm going to ask you here is that would be considered winning in the moment. That's winning in the moment. Win rate consulting. Yep. Okay. What is it about? I want to end with this, man, because I, we talked a lot of stuff here, but I definitely want to tell people because I think that my viewers are going to go, damn. All right. <laughs> That's what I think the reaction is going to be yeah. with about four or five ends on the end of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, they, now they're looking at it and going, I want more of this Mike guy. Yeah. I want to learn. I want to hear more from him. I want to learn more from him. How do they make that happen? What do they need to do, buddy? 
Look, I mean, what win rate is, we're, we're a one-on-one -on -one coaching company that helps people visualize what the championship version of their life looks like and then helps them get there. That, like, that's what we do. We help people create a vision and we hold them accountable to getting there. We're, we're an aggressive accountability environment. Look, you want to see more of Mike Claudio? Google it. I mean, I, I don't want to be corny about it, but like, Google just me. Google me. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, like, Google me and you're going to find him. I have, I have 500 YouTube videos, 300 podcasts that I've produced. Like, Mike Claudio on YouTube, the Big Stud Podcast is my podcast. You know, but ultimately, my Instagram account, my personal Facebook page, like, I deliver valuable, tactical, support-style content multiple times a day, seven days a week. You want more of me? And you can't find me, you just don't really want it. I think it's very clear to say why this guy's had a positive impact on my life. Thousands upon thousands of other people. Thank you for what hey, you do, Mike. No, I appreciate the real conversation. Oh. You know, this is real shit. I, I have about ten more questions I wanted to get to, but I would I would need three hours We're not with going you. Anywhere. We can have a follow up. I, I look forward to it, man. Yeah, I man. mean, I I appreciate you very much. Um, this is a person, man. I really do. What you do makes more of an impact, I'll say, than what you realize, even now. Yeah, no, okay. I, and that's why I show up the best version of me every day. Because, we need that version. Because ultimately, um, I have a saying, and we'll end on this, like, cannonballs splash in all directions. Cannonballs splash in all directions. And so if you look at your purview, you can only see about 10% of the impact that wave makes. And that's just the direct impact. Well, not not the indirect that those people then go make their own cannonballs, like I'm making you better. Yep. And that, does, I, that that's not me bragging. That's not me doing anything well, other than me telling you I know that if I just do the best version of myself today, you'll be better. And you being better makes people in your life better, makes your family better, makes your clients better. You're gonna go into your next decision differently because I'm holding the standard for myself at such a high level. Only thing I'll add to that is sometimes when you're under that water, you can't see the raves that that cannonball makes. Nope. You don't know which way it's going. That splash. No, the you're under you're underwater. splash in all directions. Yeah. Which is good and bad. Because if you're not intentional with your decisions, you're splashing people with the wrong water. Damn right. It's powerful. Man, we could we could go another hour on that. No, I appreciate ladies, it, man. That ladies was awesome. and gentlemen, yeah. Mike Claudio, everybody, thank you. Thanks, guys. Personal level, stopping by. Yeah. Until next time. Appreciate it.